which always smiles at the beginning of the podcast, I think. It's make you really happy when we start. But is it one of those like, four smiles like Henry Blodgett does when he goes on CNBC where he's got that really weird four smile actually, that he Rich does? actually does this same smile when he gets on CNBC. Uh, honestly, though, this sounds like the beginning of an ABBA song. What? What song? It feels like the beginning of an ABBA song. <laughs> no, it's, it's the avalanches. We wanted something breezy and summery for the last week of summer. Paradise, Rich. Paradise for you is a podcast for all of us. Welcome, everyone, to episode 71 of the Light Shed Podcast. I'm Brandon Ross with Rich Greenfield and Walt Pisick, and it is indeed Labor Day weekend. We're just about... That really sounds like Dancing Queen to me. I mean, Mark is right. It just sounds like the opening of Dancing Queen. And there's nothing you're going to say that's going to make me. Well, I I wanted to get, I love that album. I wanted to get it in. It is like the 20th anniversary of such album. I thought we celebrated Labor in May. It's Labor Day. What do we celebrate? Well, um, Labor Day, um, we had no idea why labor day existed or what the origin was which is embarrassing that we should know i guess especially since you have like multiple people who are like history majors on this podcast or that you might technically have to be honoring someone and god forbid like you didn't honor someone that should be honored on a the day of of rest so what is labor day i googled it listeners not duck duck go google (laughs) and um the results from www.unionplus.org say the first Labor Day holiday was celebrated in New York City on Tuesday, September 5th, 1882, following the deaths of 13 workers during the Pullman strike in June mm-hmm. of 1894. President Grover Cleveland made reconciliation with the labor movement, a top political mm-hmm. priority, and Labor Day became well, that's interesting. a federal I mean, holiday. I- so similar to my concept of what what happens in May Day, I guess, but also interesting because we're within days, I think, of pulling some unemployment benefits from many Americans. <laughs> a good way to celebrate or an interesting way, I guess, to celebrate Labor Day. Well, it's sort of get does. back to work. It's sort of like get back to work day this year. Sharpen your pencils. Get back to I work. I mean, it's, isn't that kind of what it is every year? Get back to school. Get back to work. That's yeah. it. Well, schools are having various summer is over. To. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Depending on the relative COVID situations at various schools. Brandon, you look a little peaked today. I am peaked. I have like what happened? Hundred, um, I'm an idiot is what happened. I decided to, I decided to at the urging of parentals, Jesse's and mine, get the third shot because of the wedding and it, it's a disaster you, you feel a little warm just a little yeah i have like 102 fever but i'm still working through the podcast it's what we do i love it i love it you should be flat on your back doing this podcast and instead we've got you sitting up <laughs> for, for a laughing. couple hours it's i hope nothing. it's not a couple hours 
we uh, didn't we say one of our goals for this week was to keep it a little shorter we did um and obviously we're moving into college football season we've got a lot of college football games to, to watch this weekend so hopefully while you're recovering you'll have a lot to watch <laughs> what are you most excited about me yeah like what college football game yeah you know my i mean pen doesn't have much of a college football <laughs> team so i i adopted michigan because my brother went there um i don't even know if they're playing this weekend though let me google that google well, is really our friend it's this hard week. to find where michigan's playing because typically when you go to espn they sort by top 25 teams so sometimes uh, they're playing difficult. western michigan oh that you know very surprising that michigan Really found a challenging opponent in the first game of the season. They always, I feel like they always play like Western Michigan in the first game. In the first until game they season. like dive into the Big Ten schedule. It would have been more exciting if they were playing they, Bishop they, they Sycamore like, game. <laughs> All right, trans transition to the uh, to the first slide, please. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed Brandon, to keep it tight. Should we, should we should we play the video before we even get into this? I mean, because I think the video sort of says it all. Or do you want to like do a little bit of a setup? I why don't you do the setup, Rich? Would you like me to read this? Sure. Well, no, no. I think let, let's just play the video. This happened over the course of the last week. There was a game on ESPN <laughs> with a team called Bishop Sycamore that is oh, not even goodness. clear that it's a real team. Um, <laughs> appears that the entire thing was fraudulent. We're talking high school team. Right. Yeah. This is a high school football game that comp- doesn't even appear that there actually is a Bishop Sycamore high school um, or actually even a team with the players actually going to other schools. This essentially this is the definition of fantasy sports, except the game actually aired on ESPN. Uh, I don't believe Bishop Sycamore scored any points. But what is funny about this is on a podcast on the, the Dan LeBetard show. Uh, they actually had John Skipper, former head of ESPN, and they asked him about this. And this is what like, John Skipper. This, like, how does this happen? Yeah, like you, you were the CEO of ESPN. How in the world could a game against a fake team, which is actually now being investigated by, I think the governor has launched an investigation into how this could possibly happen. Um, what happens because IMG, it's IMG. The ESPN probably trust, trusted that IMG was going to actually um, vet out uh, uh, you know, good teams to play as opposed to padding their schedule to make their players look better. So, <laughs> but yeah, so ESPN should have done a better job. And like IMG, it's it's pathetic. And frankly, on the IMG Twitter feed, they were like bragging about this fifty-five to zero victory. So let's let's play it. How does this happen, John? Um, actually, I think this happened just because of the volume of games that they put on at ESPN. There's a hierarchy of what people pay attention to. This game falls pretty far down in the hierarchy, falls far enough down that they let someone else do the game and produce the game for them and give it to them. And somebody didn't pay attention. But I I think since nobody got hurt, it's just funny. I don't think this is a reflection on the culture or that they don't care or that they're not paying attention. They are. This is just like it's a kind of a ridiculous analogy, but this is like expecting the Walmart CEO to know that some dog is shit in the aisle 13 of the <laughs> of the Fayetteville, Arkansas store. It's just it's like you can't know everything. There's no way to know everything. I, 
I just want to know, like, how did he come up with that analogy on the fly? Like, that was just an amazing well, he analogy. He might have been shopping at a Walmart and had, had a slip and fall. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I mean, it just sort of just it's just one of those amazing things of how big companies decisions get sort of, you know, there's lots of decisions, but just an amazing story uh, to play a fake high school. Uh, let's stick with ESPN because I, I do think that there's a lot of news on ESPN. Of, of course, every time we do the podcast, it seems like on a Friday, Sports there's always betting. that Friday. Well, that but that that Friday afternoon news drop is amazing, and we've got a couple of tweets here. The first I'm going to read because I think it's a good way to start is Darren Ravel, um, friend of the pod at the Action Network. Uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger in February 2019. I don't see the Walt Disney Company certainly in the near term getting yeah. involved in the business we of gambling. We've read that quote, by the way, on this podcast, uh, it's like, and the, <laughs> the sort of 180 that's been done by ESPN, but, or the Walt Disney Company in general, but I think they were afraid, you know, back in those days that sports betting was perceived poorly and would hurt the Disney side of the business. And now it's kind of going the other way. And yeah, I, I don't know if I actually agree with that. I think I actually have a different take on it. I take okay. it as two, two things I would say is one, if they really felt the way you did, Brandon, they would actually be buying or fully integrating a sports book, not licensing their brand name out and letting somebody else do. Oh, all okay. of well, the actual no, no, no. That's, that's, that's a whole other story, right? No, no, no. But, but then why? But are, let's, but, let, but let's let's discuss this. First is the 180 that ESPN has done on sports betting. Right. As it's especially being seen as like kind of the panacea um, for for sports. One. Number two. Oh, but, but let's, but let's stick on that. Ones and twos. No, no, but, let, but let's start on that. You know, why is it the panacea? It's because the goddamn business is collapsing. Right. Like. Right. People are not watching linear sports on television. Subscribers to multi-channel television are falling through the floor. Yep. Advertising is under pressure. Everyone is looking for like, you know, where is money going to fall? Money used to just, you know, used to just turn on ESPN every yeah, day. I mean, and like how, money fell out of the, fell from the sky. How are you, you going to make viewers more interested in sports and sport? The legal of PASPA, the legal and the resulting legalization of sports betting is that we've discussed this. Right, so because because, because nobody times, was betting, so. because nobody was betting on sports before the legalization. Well, I mean, I think the idea is to broaden out the audience. Sure. Right. And it will. I just, you know, I think ESPN is doing this for one reason only. They need more revenue. They need a new source of revenue and they're desperate and getting more desperate by the day. And I think that's why you're seeing this. Look, the other thing is the reason sports betting is getting legalized across the country. Obviously, there's a need for revenue, but also there's just a willingness to take on things that were previously considered to be, this is like an evolution of society. Yeah, right? no, and, I agree like, with that. The people And like a lot of people out a there- A lot of vices are, are being more accepted, right? And a lot of people are hypocrites that claim that, oh, this is so bad. And then they're doing it themselves, whatever that thing might be. And look at, and I'm going to do the tie-in. I'm going for it right here. The tie-in to OnlyFans. Where the only fans when they shut it down. I thought down, we were. I stuff, thought we were going cannabis. Nope, I nope, thought we were going cannabis. cannabis. So we go back <laughs> to only. Well, yes, that's another version of this. But the people are fucking hypocrites. But like beyond that, like only fan, only fans got repositioned as a content creator. I think it was Ben Thompson that was like playing up that role. That that was one of the positive takeaways. And it's the same thing here. Like you know, 
everyone like, oh, we're going to boycott you. We're going to boycott you. And then, and then whatever they're boycotting, those numbers end up going up because all the real people are like, well, fuck you. I'm just going to buy that, whatever that product is even more just to <laughs> ram it down your throat. Right. So I think that's part of it as well. And certainly, obviously, for the revenue opportunity, ESPN needs to find some revenue. So welcome to the dark side, Disney. But the, <laughs> but, the, but the other side of this that I think is important to talk about is, you know, let's just say this deal happens. Like We have no idea whether this is actually going to happen. But to the extent that, you know, some sports book, probably not a big one, probably a smaller one that's looking to leapfrog into the top couple, you know, you're going to spend, let's just say $3 billion is over seven years, 10 years, 50, like usually licensing deals are a long time. Right. So you're, you're guessing you're spending at least $300 million a year, Brandon, like maybe more? Yeah, I mean, but here's the deal. CAC is extremely... High. The price of poker right now for sports book is very high. So is this in lieu of other CAC? Well, that's why I love the Chris Kraftkick tweet, which he goes, ESPN deal in a nutshell. And it's not really a deal because nothing's actually happened. But right. number one, spend irrationally to acquire the ESPN brand. Two, then spend irrationally to carve out share in a market full of irrationally spending actors. Number three, make yeah, no money. Make no money. I mean, that, I, that is. I mean, it's an amazing, right it's an amazing tweet. All right. On to the next. Okay. So st- uh, sticking on the same theme, just because I think it's important in, in, in context of what may happen with ESPN and its sports betting brand, we've got, you know, at, at age has a tweet here. Win Resorts will spend more than a hundred million this football season, just football season, marketing its new sports betting app called WinBet. Uh, showing how seriously casino operators are now taking the fast-growing business of online wagering. And they've got Ben Affleck and Shaq. It's like a two-minute spot. It's actually a great commercial. But the reality is just another example of how your point on CAC is crazy, right? Everyone. The price of poker, no pun intended, with win is very high. That's it. And Brendan, I think you brought up a couple of weeks ago on the pod, Barstool's finding it more difficult to grow market share. What's the pun? What's the pun in the price of poker? Where's the pun? Because we're talking about betting. It's a pun? Okay. Is it? I don't know. I think think Walt's calling you. Have some some ice water, please. um, But Brandon did talk about a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) Brandon was talking about how Barstools found it more difficult to grow market share on the sports betting side with Penn with the Barstool Sportsbook simply because of the irrational spending of others. And the, the takeaway here is that spending is getting even more irrational, but you know, to how Barstool is sort of fighting back, Sling, which is owned by Dish, actually announced earlier this morning that a Barstool channel is actually launching on Sling. Now, I don't know if Sling is the best place for a, you know, for, for a sports network, given that you know, I think a lot of sports content's been dropped by Dish and yeah. over the last several <laughs> years. But but the but 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 I will yeah, say, but you know what? It, it, maybe it's representative of the new approach um, to sports for younger demos, which is not necessarily to watch games, but to just be a part of the yep. sports culture, right? Which is, which Portnoy's the flag bearer for. Almost like people would rather watch people watching the games than the games themselves. Well, so do you think this can dra- drive any, how many stoolies are out there, Rich? Like, can this drive some sub ads for, for dish in the upcoming quarters? Look, I don't know if it drives a tremendous number of sub ads, but, you know, one of the things that's collapsed, I was listening to the Bill Simmons uh, podcast last week, and he was talking with Jim Miller, the guy who wrote the book on the the ESPN biography book on on ESPN. And they were just talking about the fact that like ESPN today is basically just live sports. Like nobody watches the studio shows like SportsCenter was cultish. 
nobody cares about sports center. And so there's clearly an opening for somebody that has sort of that talking head culture. And I think that brand is probably Barstool today. So I think it's actually an interesting, I don't think being on Sling itself is probably going to move the needle, but I do think that, you know, could Barstool be a much bigger video brand across other platforms? For sure. I mean, I think there's definitely that opportunity. I just don't know the millennial usage of Sling. They'll get some more subs. I don't, I, I don't know. It's interesting. It's certainly interesting. And the one thing that Sling has going for it, it is the cheapest still of the VMVPDs by far. True. It's, it's we, only $25 a month, whereas all the others are the now up to $65. It's the only that didn't fatten out, right? Correct. Correct. That didn't give in and cave to the yeah. quote-unquote system. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, although we are, we, although we are still waiting to see what happens with Walt's favorite topic of Sinclair and Dish slash Sling, so oh, we've got a couple of more weeks for that to play out. About that. I'm sorry, I just had to like throw it in because Brandon extension. Okay, yeah. let's let's move on. Well, the, the the other thing to talk about here is just sort of tied to, um, you know, Walt brought up the idea of sort of like how youths are, are looking at sports differently. <laughs> youths and youths, youths. <laughs> two youths. That was amazing. Two, the two youths are looking at sports differently. All right. You want me to read this one? Well, yes, yeah, no, I want, I want to set a little. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Read it, Brad. Awesome news for golf fans. Netflix and the PGA Tour are producing a docuseries on the upcoming season. Modeled after F1 Drive to Survive success, focused on a dozen players, several top pros on board, others in negotiation. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. With this okay. person, hell yeah! Does that I really mean, deserve a hell yeah? I don't know. I, I, I drive to survive has been very, very popular. And well, forget importantly, about- drove a resurgence. It wore drove a lot of new fans to Formula One. I think ratings weren't ratings up last. I checked like fifty percent year over year um, for F one in the U.S. That's a big deal. And I guess with golf, um, you know, creating stories around the sport is important, especially in this kind of like post Tiger era where, you know, t- people watched golf, casual fans because of Tiger. And, you know, I don't know if he doesn't really exist. Well, he exists, but I think the best content that I've seen exactly. related to golf is on TikTok, where there's a guy that like basically heckles all the golfers as they, as they walk <laughs> up to their tee, commenting on their shirts or, Hey, I think you're going to beat him. Who's going to cross a line before the other guy? Maybe that should be integrated into this. Is 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 anybody not on? I mean, is there any like everything funny, interesting? <laughs> it always comes back to TikTok. I mean, Brandon, oh, for me, I, I, look, I opened up TikTok, yeah. dude. I, Brandon, I opened up TikTok last night. I forget even why I opened it up, and who do I see? Literally, and I don't follow him, but the first thing I see is well, your I friend Josh. No, no, I I see your friend Josh <laughs> well, giving then that's me a advice. Good recommendation. Advice on oh, skin cream. Oh, my yes. God. Okay. Dude, he's got his own TikTok. Oh, he's got, oh he that's his own. That's he has a TikTok channel. Which, by the way, I still think that he has every social media. He's very pr- promotional. TikTok yes. still has not served me an advertisement, just for the record. Still have not seen one. Advertisement. No, come on. Come True on. Story. True story. I, but let's go back to Netflix. Is this Netflix's answer for sports then? Well, it's interesting you, you bring that up because on Every quarter, there's like sell side callbacks, you know, where oh they goodness. do like sort of a group investor relations kind of callback with the sell side. And um, one of the things that was interesting uh, over the last couple of quarters is on these like the, the evening call with the CFO and investor relations, the question would always come up like balance sheet questions and like, how are you going to finance the future? 
And, you know, over the last couple of quarters, now that they're free cash flow positive, the whole story has come to what are you going to do with the cash? Where are you going to spend all this money? And everyone keeps like asking them, you're going to go into sports? sports? Are you going to buy, are you going to buy sports rights? Like, because where else do you spend billions of dollars of cash? Very, very consistent about their view of sports. No, I know. It's just funny that people are asking about sports rights. They would own the league so they could create tons of content around it. But the economic model for for sports rights isn't <laughs> like appealing to them, and right. they consider themselves to be mostly a VOD company. But anyway. this is a fascinating way to get into sports, and it's not new. I mean, right? There's nothing new about yeah. the strategy. Hard knocks and what HBO has done for years with HBO you know, and Showtime. For sure. Uh, sure so, so, right. so why don't why don't they rep that's easily replicatable? That, and that's what they're doing. Oh, and I, mean, Amazon, I really think that's what's way. happening. And Amazon. What do you mean after they have a, a soccer one, I think? Were they who's did the soccer one? Or was that Showtime where they followed an EPL team? I can't remember. I don't actually know. I think I it was know. Amazon. Basically. It, maybe are are you thinking about Ted Lasso? No. <laughs> That's all right. Let's I mean, come on, that's Richmond. I mean, I mean we're, we're following, following an actual Richmond. team that ended up getting relegated. Wait, wait, wait. Ted Lasso's not a real team. Oh boy. Next slide, Rich. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, come on. It's Friday before Labor Day. Um, okay. This was maybe the biggest news of the week, truthfully. It was certainly the yeah. most talked about news among our clients. Now, there's the retweets here. Do you want to read them all, Rich? Oh, God, no. The Apple um, news. Well, let, let me start off with, so Mark Gurman tweets, okay. breaking on the terminal, Apple to allow Apple app store apps to link yep. out to websites to sign up, solving major developer concerns. And probably the person that had been most visible on this topic was Daniel Eck at Spotify. They actually pulled their app from, um, or they pulled the ability to sign up for Spotify and actually sued Apple in Europe basically with this isn't fair and basically fighting for the fact that you should be able to direct consumers and have alternatives to paying the Apple tax, especially because the margins on music are so thin. Obviously, Apple Music doesn't pay the fee. Spotify had to pay the fee on new subscribers. That was sort of what the battle was over. I think what was interesting was, despite the fact that this was sort of a big win for Spotify, big win for Netflix, anybody in this category, it doesn't apply to all apps. Everyone who is a quote, reader app <laughs> correct but but what what daniel um tweeted out was this is a step in the right direction but it doesn't solve the problem um app developers want clear fair rules that apply to all apps not just as brandon i'm ad-libbing here not just the reader apps yep. i'm not going to read the rest of it but that's sort of his point is that he's ha- he's happy that it helps him but he wants it to apply to all apps and then of course tim sweeney for epic who has sued apple in the u.s he tweets out in Apple's carefully worded statement on safety, it's hard to discern the rationale that this is safe while Fortnite accepting direct payments remains unsafe, even more so if Apple deems Roblox a game from 20, 2006 to 2021 that became a quote-unquote experience mid-trial, a reader app. First and of so all, did, when was Roblox ever considered, like, what information does he have? Because wow. it's if you read the Apple press release, it seems pretty clear um, what the reader apps are. They're distributors of newspapers, magazines. Uh, I, I think he's making movies, the point that, that right. I think the point is the Roblox app store exists inside of Apple. And so clearly it must be deemed a reader app because it's not being tagged the way, you know, all these other apps are. So why does that exist? Why does Roblox 
have Roblox that. pays. No, why is Roblox allowed to have an alternative app store? I oh, guess oh understood. That's understood. his point. Okay. Yeah. Remember, Fortnite gotcha. is not allowed yeah. to yes, have yes, their yes, own yes, 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 app yes. store. That's right. They have. Yep. yep, 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 yep. Apps understood. on the Roblox I, app store I, I, don't go through Apple approval. That's nope, the issue. My, my bad. No, no, no. So I'm just look. Blame so, it on the fever. <laughs> look. So, so the big win here is, and I think what, why you saw stocks like Spotify rise is like obviously, you know, this gives you a way of uh, circumventing the thirty percent fee, and so obviously you can make more money. Um, nope. ho- hope now but you have. Think, but then things like match, right? Can't. This doesn't help match at all. Yeah, this has no impact. Now well, there needs to be another lawsuit. They're just yeah. sort of settling these lawsuits one at a time, and as uh, they settle them, then more <laughs> rules get changed. Yeah, but I'm going to go back to what our good friend Benedict Evans has talked about repeatedly: that this is not going to be dealt with in court in the U.S. This is going to be settled in Europe uh, by yeah. legislation, and you're just going to see the EU likely change this. And right. just like and you saw, remember, it, uh, remember this wasn't Benedict's point is then the rest of the world will make changes. But maybe, or remember. maybe not, or maybe they'll just have different experiences in different countries. China is different than the rest of the country. I think there was True. a lawsuit or I think Korea is changing what app stores can, can pay. So I'm not sure why, if one region does it, that has to apply to all regions. Well, remember this was a Japanese case. So this wasn't even the Spotify case in Europe. This was a Japan fair trade case and Apple at its discretion, decided to apply the change in Japan globally. So it appears like there's precedent for Apple applying changes globally. You're right, Walt. It doesn't have to. But I also think that Apple appears like they're going to hang on to, as long as they possibly can, going to hang on to as much of their kind of control as possible. So we'll see. But, I, you know, it's another big change. It's obviously another great for interesting some of the- Apple thing was the opt-in to data tracking. And ads. it's it's that's, true. That didn't, that didn't make the slide. <laughs> but but Apple sort of Eric Seifert tweeted out earlier in this week that Apple's testing or sorry, started in iOS 15, that there's language that, you know, would you like personalized ads? So yeah. rather than would you like to be tracked by Apple? It's <laughs> would you like personalized ads? It gets the same result as every other app. But the language obviously is very different that Apple is right. using versus all of the third-party apps that Which reside goes on back the iPhone. To this idea of Apple advantaging itself relative to competitors—that's it. Look, and it also Which goes I, back to the Dan Eck tweet on music. Look, look, Apple is building out an ad business. Yep. There's no doubt about it. it. You know, like they're not crazy; they're doing it. And you know, we've always said consumers want better ads. That makes a better experience. That's why Instagram has a much better experience than other places, right? Like you don't mind the ads. I know Walt doesn't buy anything, but Brandon and I certainly do. But like better ads are good, or at least better than the the alternative. Well, they, they're a better experience, yes. Correct. Than untargeted, That's horrible that. ads. Agree. All untargeted ads are horrible. I agree Next. with that. Some people like targeted ads, other people don't. So I think that's a personal preference and we'll see where that um, shakes out, especially when those tar- targeted ads are super creepy based on stuff that you had mentioned in a like, room the day yeah, before. That, so I'll tell you I, guys I still don't understand these that. Personalized ads. We'll see. Next topic. Fellas. Next line. Slowing the trigger today, Rich. Oh, Just, speaking of Mark Gurman, he also had a, another, another scoop. 
about Apple. Apple's been scooping left and right this week, I guess this past week. Um, actually, it wasn't from Mark. Mark was clarifying something that an, uh, that an analyst who's pretty good at predicting things had, had put out, saying that there's going to be satellite functionality integrated into the phone. It's, it's interesting. And the concept is like you're driving through Utah, you're in the middle of nowhere, and you, have, you need the ability to text message someone that you got a flat tire or whatever it is. So the question is, how do you create that functionality? There's, there's a company that, that got spacked, um, AST Mobile, that wants to use your existing frequencies and throw up a new satellite constellation. Can you but help really- me for just a real quick second? How does it actually work? Well, I was just going through that, Rich. Okay. I'm actually just curious like, how you, it did technically you works. Did you listen to the last sentence I just said? I was literally I did. just going through the different options. And I was about to get head to the option Sorry. on how this one works. Sorry. And then you just jumped right in. Because I'm so curious. I want to hear you talk about this. <laughs> so I'm eager. So, as I was saying, AST Mobile was going to use the existing cellular frequencies in your phone with a new constellation, meaning new satellites that they would send up into the sky, which is an unproven technology, and it could be a couple of years from now. The other way you do it is you have an existing LEO constellation, whether it's Iridium or Global Star or whatever, and then you add some filters, a different antenna. Um, put the frequency in the phone and, and it just, the cell phone communicates with, um, with the satellite and, and depending on what frequency you use will have an impact on the size of the antenna, whether it can be integrated into an existing phone or you have to add an additional module to do it. Remember, you're not trying to create broadband capabilities. You just want to send a text message or a very low quality picture. Hey, I'm here. And Iridium talked about this at their investor day that they're working. And we talked about this on our light shed live with uh, Qualcomm, which you can ask us for the replay. We can send that to you. It's available to podcast listeners. If you subscribe about this specific thing where Qualcomm provides some componentry, Apple integrates an antenna and well, bam, you've got um, satellite connectivity in the phone. I, I would guess that they're going to do this for one skew that they would not integrate this into all. And I think it's with all respect to the original analyst that did this, because he's very good. Um, it's hard to see that this is, I mean, this phone's coming out in like 30 days. It's hard to think that this stuff is all going to be integrated. Um, I think we would have heard a little bit more about it up to this point. Go on. Yes, but regardless right. of what, but regardless of whether this is in the current phone, is the idea that this is sort of a, a reason to choose an iPhone over an Android phone or like, well, you know, is the idea that this, this sort of safety, like emergency functionality, I mean, there's you can always be on proprietary to Apple. Samsung could easily replicate it and yeah. Qualcomm can sell Samsung, those same chips and Iridium can deal with Samsung. So there's different Leo constellations that can be used. I think in this story, they were, they were um, suggesting that global star would be used as the satellite. Li- I mean, that's fine. Apple, you want to use global star then fucking Samsung. will just use Iridium and tell their customers. It's a much better service because Iridium has much better coverage than, than what Iridium, uh, than what uh, global star has. Can I say something? Yes, please. I am actually excited about <laughs> this function. Um, as I was in the Pacific Northwest the last week, I drove through multiple forests and had no coverage at all. For like Those forests might minutes. create a problem for some satellites. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so about that. Oops. Oops. Oh, Oops. shit. So, so what so, exactly is the point of this? <laughs> so, so Brandon not only needs to be driving through a forest with this new phone, with By this the way, new chip, he also I, needs he also needs uh, some type of device to cut down the trees in the forest. Can I give you guys an update right now? Yes, please. I just took my temperature off yeah. to the side. 
98.6. And oh, I feel congratulations. normal now. Oh. So you need to get you need to get that lasted like to two hours. Monitor your oxygen levels. What so are you're my on, oxygen levels. I don't know. I don't have important. COVID, bro. What's it called? Oxymacanapenemonator. So, which of the COVID drugs did you take two hours ago? Drugs. Vaccine? You mean? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You didn't. You know those drugs that sort of. Oh, you're talking effects, about the horse like, pills. Oh my god! The yeah, one yeah, where yeah. people the are like the Joe oh, Rogan. No, did you take the Joe Rogan pill? I just figured we should talk about Joe what's Rogan a, what's, on the podcast. What's that called? Is it, Let's not talk it, about it, Joe Rogan. It starts with an I or whatever. Immorata. Overdosing on it. It's called uh, idiocy. It starts with an I. <laughs> Next slide. Okay. Uh, hold on. And, and Joe slide. put the wrong thing in there. He said monoclonal what antibodies. What are you talking about? No. Uh, oh, here's some so more big news. About. Business Insider exclusive. Okay. Another, another scoop. I'm actually... This, to me, is also a very interesting one. You want to read it, Paul? Sure. Or you can read it, Brandon, if you're so interested about it. I am interested and Now that you're in 98 degrees, you got you, you, you're, new energy. You hear, it, it, you it's, taking you guys, it's taking you guys longer to decide who reads it than it is to read okay. the line. Exclusive. <laughs> Amazon is close to launching its own TV in the U.S. Now, TVs are not a business that Apple really needed to get into or Amazon back in the day when they were first kind of rumored to be happening. Why? Because it's just a low margin, shitty panel business. But now the operating system on the televisions has become extremely important. Um, and the dong people are no longer using dongles. This is something that we've talked about quite a bit. So it is now actually strategic to have your own television for the first time. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the other part of this is, I mean, this is not entirely, you know, the, the article is a little skewed because there are things called insignia TVs that use the Amazon prime operating or the Amazon fire TV operating system. This seems like it will actually be branded Amazon. And I think it sounds like they're basically going to white label a TCL TV and a few other brands, but you know, clearly, this is Amazon flexing and realizing lots of TVs are bought on Amazon and the Fire TV OS, you know, to us, the Fire you TV want, OS. You want as much distribution of your operating system as possible. So if they and, could market this Amazon television, right, take the price down a lot and put the operating system into people's homes, it is strategic to the ad business and whatever home control even commerce. Right. So um, there's another element of this that I think it's very small, but it's worth mentioning and why Amazon hardware um, is better than Insignia, which would just have some software in it, which is um, the stuff that's in your doorbells and Alexa. There's wireless connectivity that's getting built in that, you know, I guess the analogy that probably most people are familiar with is what Apple recently launched with Tagged, where they're using anyone's iPhone that's close to locate things. So having that IoT functionality <laughs> built into all of their products, whether it's the doorbell or the television or whatever it is, is all part that it's, again, definitely not a driver, I think, of this, but certainly an added benefit relative to just being in a crappy insignia television. No, and I think the last piece of this is Additional just- strategic the, value. Well, but, but the main thing we've heard, I mean, you know, now that Vizio is public, Vizio has been pretty public and open about the fact that most people are not attaching dongles anymore or using dongles. They're basically using the embedded TV OS. 
That's been a huge driver of Roku. Obviously, that's been a big driver of Vizio. So to the extent that sort of the Amazon Fire Sticks and boxes and all the crap add-ons that Amazon has done in the past, the reality is most people are using the embedded TV OS. Yes. Clearly, clearly, we've seen Google's getting Except more aggressive. <laughs> Google, Google's getting more aggressive with their embedded TV OS you know, coming out with TCL is launching or has launched at Best Buy and more retailers are coming. And now Amazon is getting, it seems like into the TV, you know, the, the actual TV and having it embedded in the TV OS with their own brand of TVs. It's going to be very interesting to see how Roku reacts, what the pushback, you know, sort of, we obviously see Roku going more into content. Probably this is part of why they're going more into content is that the competitive dynamics in TV OS are getting much more intense. I mean, Obviously, it all depends on how much Amazon markets this. We've shit on Google many times on this podcast for not marketing Google TV. Yeah, because Will Amazon it's a superior product? Correct. This, this, well, I, think Am- it's, I mean, Amazon to market it is very easy. You go on to <laughs> Amazon to buy a television and it's just served to you at the beginning and the price is cheaper. That's it. Well, so you the don't- price the price being cheaper is, I think, a key thing. And and remember that people pay eight hundred nine hundred dollars for a phone. Now, granted, you stare at that phone all day long. It's the most important consumer product of your I life. I sure do. Moment. But like this gets to the rich greenfield theme of the past five years, which is good luck TV. And people are reevaluating how they're consuming content in their home. Obviously, streaming bundles yeah. are part of that, and dealing with fucking shitty dongles and going to input one versus input two. So for that, the cost that you're already paying for your phone, um, again, makes it, it obviously makes sense. And again, if Apple's made a great business out of selling thousand dollar phones, why shouldn't they also be in a great business of selling thousand dollar, $2,000, $3,000 t- TVs? I still can't believe we don't have $3,000. 4,000. Brandon, what, what is that computer? I'm sure Joe will text this in. The, this they had that crazy um oh my, that the, had the stand for it was like a thousand yeah. the, stand, the stand itself or the wheels were like a thousand oh dollars just for the wheels for this what about the car i read something about the car coming out in a couple of years now oh really yeah. in a couple of years that like, like 20 2023 do you remember when people thought there was going to be an Apple actual television like five years yes, ago? Yes, I, I brought that yeah, up at the is. beginning of the segment, which means it's time to move on to the next segment. Thank you. Do you, uh, do you like how I listened yes. to our pre-conversation know, about moving things along? Job. Can we get you a shot every week? This is this is so <laughs> ho- Hollywood Reporter. Right here. So Hollywood Reporter, broadcasters score big legal win against Lowcast, a popular app streaming network. Basically what the court determined is that when Lowcast interrupted the service every 15 or 20 minutes to say, would you please donate to remove the interruptions? They deemed that that was no longer within the, um, the, the exception of the rules where they were allowed to operate as a nonprofit, that basically it killed the nonprofit exemption by asking for a donation to cover the cost of the service, that that incremental functionality that they were sort of forcing you to do changed that. And so they basically um, killed Lowcast's direct legal path to being to being um you know to, to basically getting around retrans mission consent lowcast immediately changed their service they got rid of the you know the asking for donations um in the middle and basically just said please donate in general on their website and basically within 12 hours lowcast was completely shut down and uh, i think this is sort of it was going to be a very difficult fight after that ruling and rather than sort How of how many people the- were even using lowcast 
I mean, like it had sort of, it was interesting because of what it could have meant for retransmission consent. Right. Well, two things. I I think one, what it could have done. Well, sort of the funny part, the irony of all of this is when we first started talking about Locast probably four years ago. Yeah, we had them at our disruptors conference, remember? Absolutely. But my point is four plus years ago, you know, the idea of sort of disrupting retrans and rethinking about how to fix this. Now, linear TV is dying. The cable companies, the cable companies are giving up Comcast. I mean, all these companies barely care about video anymore. They're losing subs hand over fist. They don't care about it. And so, you know, the funny part is Locast was getting probably three plus million people across the country who are probably light TV viewers who can't afford multi-channel television to watch broadcast television. Now that goes away. I don't think all of a sudden these people are running out and spending $100 on cable bundles. So it's sort of a hollow victory is my guess, but it's just another example of it is there's no easy way to replicate linear, you know, free over the air television, get an antenna, hang it on your home, wherever you are. There is still no way to translate free over the air television into free television on the Internet. There simply is no way. We've seen it with Aereo. Now we've seen it with Locast. You either pay you know, that's it. sixty-five yeah. to a hundred plus the dollars. Workarounds are over, and that's it. That's it. It's over. And, there is never going to be another that, workaround. The next topic. That was really well done, Brandon. In terms of the segue, I like that. No, so the other, these aren't good segue. I think we should just go back to doing it the way we did, the, and just kind of feel it. Well, well so we got the. So you know, we've been talking about on the podcast the fact that. You know, Delta is getting worse. It's no surprise. I think, you know, Walt and I have kids in college. They're both seeing sort of the rise of, uh, of Delta, just even with people being vaccinated. And, you know, one of the big questions is what's going to happen to the movie theater business and movies for the Q4? Because basically all the movies that were supposed to come out over the last 18 months have all gotten pushed really to Q4 is when they all start coming out. Paramount just decided this week that they're delaying Top Gun, Maverick, and Mission Impossible 7 both being delayed. Maverick was supposed to be, Top Gun was supposed to be a November film. Actually, at at CinemaCon just a week and a half ago, it was actually, the first 12 minutes were actually screened for everyone at CinemaCon as a big deal for a November release. And now it's pushed, I think, until May 2022. And so just another example of studios going, I can't make enough money. I could put a movie out. It can do some box office. I mean, Shang-Chi is coming out exclusively in theaters from Disney this weekend. It's going to be the biggest Labor Day film in the history of Labor Day because no one ever puts out a film on Labor Day. So it's going to, by definition, be the biggest film ever on Labor Day. The question is, is it going to make money or is it going to do anywhere near what a Marvel film would have done over the life of its run globally? And I'm pretty skeptical. I think that's why Paramount's doing it. And you saw some quotes from, from some of the studio uh, heads basically just saying we can't generate the type of box office we're going to push to next year. And well, Rich, gonna- I will be seeing Chang Chi at three thirty today uh, at a AMC theater, no less. Just I'm despite, Rich. looking forward to buying some popcorn, some high margin popcorn, and some, maybe do you get the margin- butter on it, Walt? I think they pre butter it and definitely pre over salt. Like where, it. where you press the button and all the butter. Oh, <laughs> are you seeing That's it in so IMAX? Funny. Is this an IMAX screening? No, I prefer the digity, digital Dolby um, theater because it's they're much nicer chairs. Um, 2D or 3D? Not 3D. 
Remember that whole thing? Yeah, remember the 3D thing? (laughs) That was another rich target. Look, Rich, this is is the start of kind of the next era Marvel. It is Labor Day. Um, You're right, Delts is bigger, but I think people are so frustrated with um, the corona that they're just like, and they're vaccinated. So, like, if you get sick, you're, you know, if you're a vaccinated person, you're sick. If you're not vaccinated person, you probably don't give a shit anyway. So we'll see where the numbers are. I don't know. Like, I don't, I haven't heard yeah. a lot of hype around Here's it. Here's the bottom it, line. This is okay. going to be a big, big weekend for the Marvel concert. And the theaters. Yes. People are still going to concerts. I mean, I right? watched the Ohio State game last night and the stadium right. was They're fucking packed. To, right. They're going to sporting events. Sure. COVID or no COVID. They just don't want to go to the and theaters. I don't think and and planet, that's it. I don't, I, exactly and by the way i don't think the reason for that is like oh it's indoors i'm afraid like you're yelling no. your fucking head off when the guy's Dude. running for a touchdown no. like, yes you're, you're not doing it because it's not indoors you're doing okay. it because and by you the just way go to a theater look yeah. at how look at how the fall um concerts are selling right they're all indoors well, how are they Tell kind us. of ex- you're like you're leading us on here. no they're selling they're okay. selling well at least oh, we don't know far, sell as, our podcast listeners oh, okay they're all sold out well, I mean, Marvel is not U2 per se. Well, maybe it is. But Marvel aside, I think Rich's theory on this, but I'm not, sure but you're going to chime in here. It's like, okay, great. Marvel's going to have one big weekend. Then what? What What about all the other stuff? No, actually, I saw what I was going to say. I was oh. going to say the other part of it is what's a good weekend? Like, you know, if this film does, let's just say it does 60 million over the four days, Black Widow over three days did 80 million. I don't know. Like, it's yeah, it's a good number. It's a huge well, number for Labor Day. Well, Does so, Disney want to keep putting out movies so that, that earn half of is what that they the earn? Census estimate out there: sixty million. I think you know forty to is fifty for the three days. Is? Okay, forty so, to fifty for the three days, fifty sixty for the four days. Sort okay, of. So where I mean, are you marking the over under? Fifty or sixty? Let's just say fifty for the four days. I'm taking the over. We, okay. Okay. Well, we'll check back in next week. I'll take the over. For context, Labor Day two years ago, the total box office of Labor Day for the four day Labor Day box office was one hundred and twenty million. Can I ask a question? But I, at first I had you mark the over under and I just yep. took the over. It's fine. What's, yeah. what's uh, on and, the and you may be right. This bet. Nothing's you got to line. pride, no. the ability to like all right, all right. next week. Walt is the best predictor of Marvel box office. I mean, I still go back to his <laughs> Captain Marvel prediction where he dunked on everybody for predicting relative to, I forget which Star Wars film it was, but Walt nailed it. And he was the only person to nail which was going to be the bigger film. So, And I love Star Wars. And I love Disney. But you know, It's not a... Phenomenal. You know, phenomenal. Okay. I may Let's, revise um, it midweek after I see, actually see the movie. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, what do we got next? Uh, oh, hold on. I don't know why this is coming up. Hold on. There we go. Sorry. Um... We've got uh, away, Walt. This is all you, Walt. Why don't you explain what we're talking about here? DC related. So no, it's um, just complicated with lots of words. Brandon can't read lots of words. By the way, all these conferences are getting canceled, but there's a satellite conference in DC next week. It's not getting canceled. Like everything else is like virtual. I don't even know yet because it's like hard to get in touch with people. Okay, so what's happening in DC is um, the there was a story by I think that's Politico um, saying FCC is exploring regulatory fees on tech giants. The concept here is this: that um, on your telephone bill, you'll notice there's a charge, universal services fee, that you pay as a customer, and the telcos basically you know passes through to the government. That sometimes they 
throw another charge in there and take that as profit, but that's a different story. Um, and then they use that money to fund build outs of the internet. So for example, this RDOF thing that we've talked about before is funded by these universal service payments that the telcos um, are making and you, the end customer are making. So basically what the FCC is saying is like, okay, well, who's benefiting from better internet? And it's in large part, large technology companies. So maybe it's about time that they start you know, chipping in for something that they're reaping all this economic benefit well, for. And uh, in that, uh, especially first, when they're sitting, they're sitting on a lot of cash too, right? Like these companies are piling up cash, whereas all the telcos and all the, you know, everyone else just, is sitting on debt. Right. Can you just go back to that tweet? I just want to you yes. know, highlight because this was the, um, I think Evan was used to be on um, uh, Chairman Pi's staff, or I don't know if it was um, Commissioner Carr. So I'm sorry, Evan, that I forgot which one it is, but want he's a Republican staffer. <laughs> from the FCC that's, that has gone. He's like, big tech companies are the biggest financial beneficiary when the FCC's subsidy programs help get more Americans online. It makes perfect sense for the FCC to consider collecting regulatory fees from these companies. So let's see how that goes. And I don't know if the Democrats would be against something like that. Like, why should they be? Uh, well, I mean, I think my, my guess is, is that um, if I was sitting in a, in a democratic seat, you're looking for, you know, multiple ways to sort of come at big tech. Well, no, no, also just, you know, I mean, I think there's sort of been sort of this sort of like these big, powerful companies. And I think there's been a real switch in terms of just sort of the DC body language around a lot of these companies. I mean, I think, you know, it was five or six years ago, right, where these companies were beloved. And I think that that tone has really changed in DC. And so it wouldn't shock me at all I think the question also is, is like putting a small tax on these companies, I'm sure they would all hate it and they would fight tooth and nail, but it would be, you know, insignificant relative okay, so to let's their just, cash. Just on that note, because let me put my libertarian hat on for a moment. When you say- And by small, the way, it was it, it was first Chairman Carr and then Chairman Pai, or sorry, Commissioner Carr and then Chairman Pai. So you were both right. Well, I was right both times, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 and, I, and wrong I said times. that I said that I would Google it, but clearly you, you did. <laughs> I, I did. So just as a quick reminder, when we talk about these small fees that you're just adding to your bills, if you remember, I had a nice little rant a while ago when we signed up for our VoIP service and calculated that the taxes on our telephone bill were 50%. So this is the slippery slope of the government coming in. And once they, this little tax starts, it, that is, it never fucking ends. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're paying 50% of your fucking fee to the government um, for a basic service. Thank you, Rich. Thank you for that little ability to so, so chime you, in on that. Just to be clear, if the government started charging tech companies, which obviously wouldn't show up because there's, I don't pay a fee to Facebook. I don't pay a fee to Google. Um, do you think this would lower potentially fees or fees never go down on the legacy platforms? <laughs> I assume that's rhetorical. It's a rhetorical question, I assume. I think we've had this debate internally in terms of wage growth. Like once once someone's paid more money um, to get them back to work, does do wages ever go down? Like, I don't know. No. Like, how yeah. do you not, like, how do you reduce that? Like, uh, no, I don't think, well, you never know. I mean, you get some, a different administration, um, you know, maybe a different Congress, a different Senate. We'll see. You never know. Things like that can change. Okay. We got a couple of funny slides. We got to be heading into Labor Day. We got a couple of funny slides to go. Let's go with the first one where Walt was going to be the king of this platform. 
Which, which so he's, he's got to read it. Oh. You've got to read it. Oh, my God. Oh, Rich is joking. This is for our podcast listeners. You this said you me. wanted to be the king of this I did, but I was kind of joking. <laughs> And then you I were posting. Okay. You were posting. Podcast listeners have no idea what we're talking about. So the t- the t- the tweet is LinkedIn is eliminating its stories feature next month. The stories is if you don't know is I don't know stories. Everyone knows what, stories know what stories is. is. Yeah, <laughs> what am I saying? An idiot if you don't know what stories is. Roughly a year after it introduced the disappearing video function, the company said today. So yes. Twitter I, got rid of theirs. I said I was going to own it on LinkedIn because I was going to have this whole new LinkedIn strategy. I think I put up one story, maybe two. And then just stopped. Yeah, it doesn't. It it didn't fit the utility. Well, it, it's no different than Twitter getting rid of fleets. It just wasn't the way you use Twitter, right? Like exactly. this is not the way you use LinkedIn. And that's you can't it. just you can't just jam things in that don't fit with the way the service which, works. Which with, is what we said at the time. It would be like you know LinkedIn shouldn't do reels, right? Like there shouldn't be TikTok. Like that's just not yes. the the use case. Like the use case should, has to fit the platform. Instagram do reels. Actually, Reels is, you know, it's it, funny. It actually does fit, though. Well, and, right. and Walt, I was i was listening to the podcast that you recommended with Neil Mohan, who is the chief product officer of YouTube. And when you listen to it and him talk about shorts, like, and why shorts is now on the home screen of YouTube and just how well shorts is doing for YouTube, clearly it fits and it works. And so copying is fine. I mean, he sort of didn't. But that was Neil A. Patel. Yeah. So. I'll give Neele credit. That was a great podcast, and it's amazing to 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 get some vision or some uh, insight into how YouTube, who's the dominant player in this market, but Neele says some says some stupid ass shit about a lot of topics. So I I still listen to his podcast because he's get he gets some good people on there. We need to get that dude that YouTube dude on on a light shed live. We'll ask him some real questions. Uh, we would happen? love to have YouTube on Light Shed Live. That would be amazing. Sit um, in the hot seat. Come on, let's come on. YouTube, they're uh, the dominant force. Okay, so there's what better way to end? Uh, why is this so difficult today? I'm having technical difficulties today, and it's I really noticed. driving me nuts. It's almost like Did I you get the he, shot. I'm saying oh, we have think one more, I, We have one more tweet. No, no, you would think I have 103 fever, but like you know. Um, Walt, since this is spinning off from your company, I guess you should read this. Well, this is another media company being sold by a telco. So as you remember, the telcos gobbled up all the media shit. Now they're selling it. This one was Verizon. And under Lowell McAdams reign, when they gobbled in Yahoo, today was the day. This is from Guru, who's going to be running it. Who's getting spun out of Verizon. Big day for Yahoo employees, customers, and shareholders. The acquisition by Apollo is complete, and we are now a standalone company. So, yes. The big one that we're all waiting for, obviously, is Time Warner. We hope that gets done in the middle of next year, and so AT&T can get rid of that and move on to on. better things. Well, I, you know, and I, what he doesn't say there is that my guess is under their new owners, uh, Apollo, the what Yahoo is is going to look dramatically different. I mean, it was sort of run as an the, the reason Verizon got into the business was advertising. My guess is Apollo has very little interest in the new Yahoo has very little interest in advertising. It sort of goes full circle to what are, this podcast. What are they interested in sports betting. Sports, sports betting. betting. Okay, that's what this is I about. Mean, Yahoo sports. I still use sports Yahoo. Betting. Is this sports betting football. industry like a three trillion dollar industry? That, that by the way, that, bring, that I mean, brings the podcast full circle. Oh well, that's God. why I did it. Enough that was exactly 
This is a full circle experience. And the problem is everyone is going after this market like it is absolutely massive and massively profitable versus right now, essentially no margin with competition growing by the day with some very deep pocketed players. And so that, I mean, that's what's going to be so interesting here is everyone's going after this. And like, look, I'm still not clear why any, you know, I don't think anyone's going to choose a sports book because it's ESPN. I don't know if they're yep. going to choose a sports book because it's Yahoo Sports. Like Joe Galone might. He's a resident Joe, Joe Yahoo expert. Yahoo. We should have him on as a special guest. He has the the on his screen. He's got three screens set up in his house. One entire screen is dedicated to Yahoo, Yahoo. Finance, oh Yahoo God. Sports. He uses Yahoo, Yahoo Finance instead of, instead of his he has it windowed, I think. Okay. What's our Maybe music this week? Well, I uh, will play it. What about Yahoo? How's that? Sorry, it was a little too loud. At what point do they actually get the chant in this song? Do we know? And is that part of the song? <laughs> I don't know. We have to wait another few seconds. This is a lot of noise. <laughs> is there really a whistle? Yeah. This is this is the Penn State fight on state. Okay. Enjoy your college football this weekend, we everyone. We are. There's no we are on this. Sorry. So we'll say. Talk to you Have next week. Have a great week. weekend, everyone. Feel better, Brandon. Thanks. Bye.